whenever I think of games that don't need a story, I think of Halo. But I also think of games with a great story, and I think of Halo. Just from Miyamoto's Fever Dream, like exactly what you just said. So in a way, they, they kind of like created their own barriers. Just take flex tape and they smash the story over these amazing, wonderful mechanics to kind of give it some continuity. Hot take here. I think Ocarina of Time is more story. Yeah. Um, I might, I might disagree with you. Welcome to Dev Grumps. Is that okay? Can I use that name? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> we'll see. We shall see. But uh, yeah, this is Adam, and you're on Space Dodo, and we're having a podcast about games. Just so you know who you're listening to, um, you know, we make games. We've got a lot of published games, um, maybe not a lot of money from games between the both of us. We're XR developers full time, by the way. Like, we work for a company. But my background is like weird. It's like video and philosophy and all sorts of weird stuff. Caleb, where'd you go to school for? Uh, I went to school uh, specifically for game design, um, and I finished with my bachelor's. <laughs> yeah, this guy has a bachelor's in game design. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, video game stories. Do, uh-huh. they, do they matter? Does a video game need a story? My gut reaction is no, but it's more complicated than that. <laughs> yeah, which is good. Yeah, so like, oh. what about like... I, mean, I don't know an axe throwing game should that have a story uh it it doesn't it doesn't need a story so when when i when i think of axe throwing game i think of um just like a a almost like a mini game kind of yeah um and it it doesn't necessarily need a story because <laughs> you don't need to to feel for the characters and stuff you know you, you, but it does have to have a cohesive um, art style that maybe gives elements into the background of the universe that it's in. It's got to have continuity. Yeah, I guess you could play an axe game in space. You know, maybe maybe if the axe game was in space, that's a part of the story and a part of the universe. You know, yeah. Um, it may if if the axe game was took place in medieval times. You know, that would make sense with. Uh, uh, with history so there there you do have a story even though you're not telling a story yeah i like that idea and honestly you know like mario party right like there's a systemic story that happens like the story of who wins and who loses and where you go and even though it's just like a collection of mini games like your brain is always telling stories and even with something like an axe throwing game you're still kind of giving yourself a continuity and a story about maybe why you're there and what's going on. Definitely. One gripe I hear all the time. Uh, I hear two sides of it. People will be like, I love Zelda stories. Like, I just I just love Zelda stories. And other people will be like, man, Zelda stories just don't matter because they're just made up to fit, fix whatever problems they have to fix, to fix the mechanics up. <laughs> yeah, I've never thought of it that way, but... Uh, I mean, some of the stuff just seems like so out there and insane that it it had to be like from a fever dream of one of the devs. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, it's a big flex tape thing. Oh yeah, for like Skyward Sword, the whole namesake of the sword. They were trying to figure out like a way to shoot beams out of the sword, and 
they needed to do it in a way that felt visceral, like when, like felt right when you when you threw it, like holding a button maybe, mm-hmm. and then launching it, and then they're having issues with the technology too, like getting the Wiimote to work right. And they had Miyamoto actually woke up in the middle of the night and thought, "That's it, that's it." Now he's the producer; he's not like the director of this one, but he's still he's still thinking about these ideas. So he wakes up and he's like, "That's it. You hold the Wiimote directly over your head, and then and then you call you call a beam from the sky." That's what made Skyward Sword, like the whole the whole namesake, oh, the, the whole entire name. Oh my! Yeah, just from Miyamoto's Fever Dream, like exactly what you just said. <laughs> That's amazing. And yeah, and it's all, and they just take flex tape and they smash the story over these amazing, wonderful mechanics to kind of give it some continuity. So in a way, they they kind of like created their own their own like uh, barriers or. Uh, you, you know how like everybody says like create creativity comes from like restrictions, mm-hmm. and I think maybe developing for the Wii was one of the restrictions they had to be creative. Yes, yeah, and see that's my thing is like when people are like, oh well, the story only matters if they're like crafting the story first. I'm like, since when has that ever been the case? Like when someone writes no, a novel, like- somebody says this thing's got to be 700 pages, you know. And that's their restrictions. They have to like just make this thing interesting for 700 pages. And they talk about random stuff and weird character development moments. Things you would never have if you weren't trying to fill 700 pages. Or a poem on the inverse. It's got to, like, you know, when people pick a poem style, a lot of times they pick, like, they pick the restriction. They're like, this thing's going to have an ABAB rhyme scheme, like a sonnet, you know? And then at the end, it's going to have to that rhyme at the end it's gonna have this many lines and it's you know like really really strict but yet we don't negate the meaning of these things we don't be like oh well a novel can't be a good story because they decided it had to be long first or a poem can't be a good poem because they decided it had to rhyme first like so to me a game story doesn't can be a great game story even though they decide it has to fix the mechanic first like explain the mechanic first yeah, I, I think if if everything went perfectly and there was there was no roadblocks, there would be no creative solutions for for things. Um, j- just like that the video you sent me the other day, like they they only had um for Unreal Tournament the um like one of that that map that uh, had the the two towers on the end of it. Let's they only had <laughs> they only had like 160 polygons to work with, so. Instead of making or wasting those polygons on the stairs, they made teleporters instead. So those, yeah. and it was inherently more fun because of that. And that's like a game design staple now. Like, like yeah, everything has teleporters. Like especially shooters, shooters based off the Unreal Tournament all have mm-hmm. teleporters. I also th- found it interesting. It was one of the first games to uh, use an announcer um, because that's that's a staple now too. <laughs> yeah, like and, and to to get the player all amped up and stuff. Like one yeah. of the best times I've experienced that was in Robo Recall where where like it was just like made it feel awesome. I bash robots heads yeah. together and it'd be like obliterated. I don't even know exactly what he says, but oh, yeah. it was just it was just amazing. And um, it, Robo Recall is one of the best games for VR hands down. Uh a hundred percent agreed. And I think because we're both VR devs now it's now it's canon. Now it's fact. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds oh. great. It has a story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the story explains the mechanical limitations. Like the fact you can teleport and stuff, like it's all yeah. 
handled by the story. It smooths it all over to where like you're teleporting in Robo Recall, but like a lot of people hate it because it breaks the immersion, right? They fix that problem because they're like, listen, we're teleporting you everywhere. We're teleporting you to your job site. We're teleporting you guns. You're teleporting around. Like you just this yeah. is this is your job. How it works. And, but it, it doesn't give you even give you like the full story. Like there's there's no like ending. You don't you, you don't like beat the robots. You know, like it, it's just kind of like little flavor pieces of story like you get the intro and then you get like these disembodied voices that tell you what to do and are like your authority you know <laughs> yeah they're but, kind of a checkoff's gun actually like are you familiar with that concept mm-hmm, yeah like uh if, if you show the um the gun on the stage then you have to fire it yeah yeah it makes it it makes it like if you prep its relevance you got to use its relevance um mm-hmm, some people yeah. would even argue like it's stricter than that. But I think, I think most normal pe- sane people would say like, you know, you have to, it can't just be every set piece. If it's got a little bit of prep, it's got to show up later. Um, right. JJ Abrams does not believe in that, <laughs> <laughs> but that's another story for, for another time. He's uh, putting on a gun show. <laughs> yeah. He's putting on a gun show. He's like, he saw that gun, but I'm going to pull out a bigger one. And we're not going to talk about that first gun anymore. <laughs> um, but Robo recall does that in a f- smart way because it gives you these AI voices and they have a little like, uh, tiff between each other and then like you know then it just kind of keeps going on and one's like clean up the robots and the other one's like you're doing great and then uh, at the very end it turns out like the first robot oh uh, spoiler alert skip 10 seconds if you don't want the spoiler the first robot is actually the enemy like it, it <sighs> you didn't know that <sighs> Oh, okay. <laughs> but you don't think these are actually going to play into the story at all. You just feel like they're there to serve the game. But then they actually help tell the story itself. Like they, they used a check off gun thing to be like, hey, you know, you spend a lot of time with these people. These are who the story is about, is your interaction with these AI voices. Adam, why do movie adaptations fail? Oh, uh, uh, I have big opinions about this. You, you know, you want to know the first movie video game that I watched? What? Um, or the one that I can remember um, is the Prince of Persia movie. See, and I absolutely hated it. It was terrible. I've not played <laughs> Prince of Persia. I know, I know the, me- I know the mechanic. Oh man, um, Prince of Persia was a big part of my life. Oh man, I bet that was so disappointing. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, because I was like so excited that like they finally made like, a, like a cool looking. A movie adaptation of a video game and that wasn't a Mario saw it in theaters <laughs> right uh the, the, i went and saw it in theaters and i i swear that that was i i was probably only like 13 at the time but I, that was one of the times that i almost walked out of the theater because it just made the story that's the story come come in full circle right um didn't make any sense <laughs> which the the original prince of persia games had a very solid story and I th- I think that maybe uh, one of the problems is that they 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 didn't borrow from that at all. Um, they they just kind of made it like a kind of like a like a superhero's first movie, you know, where yeah. they like tell the backstory and and stuff like that. They, like from what I remember, that's that's what it was like, and, and there wasn't any action or anything, you know. Yeah, it was just all mystical. Yeah, um, and 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 I bet you felt awful, like they just popped your bubble, and it never <laughs> came back for Prince of Persia um i i think that's when i started separating um franchises uh 
Yeah. Like I I don't tie them into the same universe. Like that's that's that director's vision and I don't like it, so like that's not wow, Derek is giving me a call. He called me too. I had to ignore it. <laughs> Sorry, Derek. Um Um but anyway, yeah, Prince of Persia uh was uh the the movie was 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 terrible. Um <laughs> Dude, well so the reason I didn't go see it is because I just like felt like it was going to be terrible, and I can tell you there's a couple of there's a couple of of business reasons that we'll just blow through real quick of why movies are bad, and then there's like some actual like game mechanic reasons I think movies are bad, game movies are bad. So the the reason movies are bad for game stuff is for the most part it's because the standard has been set by this by this. German company that just like pumps out a movie with an IP and game IPs are cheap and they want movies. And so they like buy an IP, they like burn it out. They do some tax shifty tax stuff. It's pretty much like the producers, but in real life, have you seen that movie? The producers? I have not. It's a movie where these two guys make a Broadway play that's supposed to tank so they can keep all like, there's a rule where they can keep all the investors money. uh, If the, if it tanks and the show gets canceled, (laughs) But that's what they do in real life. Yeah, with game with game movies. They just like straight up crank them out to like do shifty tax stuff and keep the money and burn. Why why was uh why was the Sonic movie so successful? Do you do you think it's because of the controversy? Or do you think it's actually a good movie? I think I think it was a few things. Now I haven't actually seen the movie, uh, it'd be, and here's why: I'm so burnt out from a lot of video game movies. And I read Sonic comics as a kid, and uh, to <clears> me, <throat> Sonic was Freedom Fighters. And so this this some people would probably be like, "Well, you have a very specific iteration of Sonic," and I know that's the case. Like I I know yeah. this this is this is my head canon, right? Uh, but like in those comics, they were like these group of animals that were fighting Dr. Robotnik from turning all these animals into robots. And, um, they weren't aliens and they were like actual, just animals that were fighting back. They were the freedom fighters and they had FF and stuff. And the games have really never followed that storyline exactly from, from the early, the early games probably. But, um, uh later like sonic adventure battle 2 is not that story exactly it's just like generic like hey we're fighting and i don't even know why like in sonic adventure battle 2 i just like hate eggman and i have no clue why dr robotnik is so evil i'm just like ready to kill him so i don't know wait are you talking which game are you talking about sonic uh, adventure sonic battle Ad- 2 uh I thought it was just Sonic Adventure. Is there also a Sonic Adventure Battle? Sonic Adventure Battle 2 is the best game of all time. You probably played it. You probably I've, think... I've only played Sonic Adventure 1 and 2. You start, like, the very beginning of the game is one of the best intros to, like, a running game that can possibly happen. It's like you, like, bust out of something, and you're, like, falling, and you, like, land on a piece of metal, and you start, like, skiing down ski uh, down streets. No, that's... that's- that's Sonic Adventure 2, 100%. Yeah. Rolling around at the speed of sound. That's it. That's 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 it, man. And that's so so to I think a Sonic game transferred to a good movie because it uh understood that people want to watch Sonic be snarky and run fast. And the movie did that. And you know the controversy around it. I think it felt like people when people were like, "Hey, this looks like garbage," and they fixed it. I think that was a lot of advertising and hype, and people wanted it to be good. Like they felt like the devs cared about them, so they cared about their project more. 
Um, even though I've not seen it, so I'll say that with a grain of salt. But this is this is my theory. Game movies are only good if the mechanic that sells the game speaks through it. And here's here's what I mean by that. So like in a Zelda game, I'm going to talk about Zelda too much, but in a Zelda game, imagine... Uh, have you seen the original series? Uh, of Zelda? Yeah, like, like the cartoon. There was a cartoon? Oh, man. I got it on DVD. I'll, I'll lend it to you. <laughs> Wait, can I, can I stop you? Okay, so a Sonic Adventure 2 battle was a enhanced port of the Dreamcast Sonic Adventure 2. So oh. I played I played the original I guess um which was Sonic Adventure 2 but I guess they're the same game. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's why that's why I was always like why does everybody never yeah. say the full name but not Right. <laughs> <laughs> so did you play on GameCube or Dreamcast? GameCube. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. That it yeah. was a port to, to GameCube or right. uh, I played it on Dreamcast. Oh. Which, which was highly underrated. Oh yeah. Yeah, it had supreme graphics for the time. And the little controller, the, the screen on the controller that you could take out, the, the memory card had a screen on it and buttons, and you could play games on the memory card. Like That's pretty smart. I didn't like, know I would I would take that thing and, and just like play mini versions of the games that I'm uh, playing at home, and it was the coolest thing ever. Niyamoto must have saw that, and that must have gave him another fever dream. Like That must have been what made the DS happen. Right. It was like two screens handheld. Yeah. I just I know what to do now. Dude, the and the, the triggers, um oh dude, everything about that controller and that system was just so good. And it had online connectivity which was um neglected. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, it was just a little too soon. Like internet yeah. was still dude, wasn't if, if the Dreamcast yet. if they came out with a Dreamcast 2, I think everybody would get it. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe, oh. maybe they don't have the IPs that they used to cuz they sold all of them. Well, that's a good, that's a, that would be an interesting thing to happen. Like somebody like, so Twinkies died, right? But then somebody bought the IP and they're like, Twinkies are back. And then suddenly their sales went better because everybody, you right. know, it was a big marketing thing. Mm-hmm. Dreamcast is back. It would it'd probably do really <laughs> well. So Sonic Adventure Battle 2, the mechanic is, is, is running and racing. And the entire movie, tra- the movie trailer, at least, what sold the movie, he's running all the time. He's racing. He's, like, stopping time and running and running and running. And You're talking about the new movie? Yeah, the new movie. And, mm-hmm. Or the, the, yeah, whatever Sonic movie. And yeah. it makes sense because it makes, it's the mechanic, right? Like, he can mm-hmm. run fast. And, like, that is, like, all what the movie's about is how fast Sonic can run. And he's got to run faster. And. Mm-hmm. Like that's that is the game mechanic. Like he, rushing through a Sonic game is what makes it fun. Like you just got to run and jump and flip around and go through loop de loops. And and in a movie, he's running and jumping and flipping around, and going through loop de loops. And it it's, it just feels like Sonic, right? Even though yeah. the story isn't my pristine Freedom Fighters, Doctor Robotniks turning animals into robots story. I don't know exactly what the story is, but like even though the story is different, it still serves the mechanic. And so, like in a Zelda game exploration is the mechanic right and if they yeah. made a zelda game like it felt like a lord of the rings movie it would probably do extremely well but if they made it like star wars it would not um, oh no definitely yeah right and 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 i think that would be the huge difference is lord of the rings is about exploration and landscape as a big part of it not just character mm-hmm. and so uh exploration and landscape and finding cool stuff 
is what like Zelda's about, right? So in Lord of the Rings, they're finding cool swords, they're going to cool places, they're learning cool backstories, all while the story's right. happening, right? And in Zelda, like, like a D and D campaign, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and in Zelda, you should be doing the exact same thing in the movie. You should be running around meeting cool people, like Gorons, right? You know, you should be mm-hmm. going to cool places, learning about cool weapons and cool backstories, and and you know, like it's it's a collectathon. Uh, but in the most epic proportions where you like all these secret places and, and mysteries and like, oh, I didn't know this cool thing was going to happen. And so like Lord of the Rings and Zelda would be like that storytelling type marries really well. Right. But I guarantee when they make a Zelda thing, they're going to freaking make Star Wars. They're going to make a coming of age story, which doesn't work at all because Link. It, it, yes, it's a coming of age story. But Link is a static figure. They say, are you brave? Because if you're brave, you're going to fix everything for everybody, right? This is a Back to the Future story. And Back to the Future, he has no character development. Marty McFly believes you should not give in to bullies. You believe in who you are, and you just go for it, man. You try out for the band practice and for the Battle of Bands, and you fail, and you keep moving, right? You still got a girlfriend, and everything's fine because you're Marty McFly. And even though your parents aren't very fly, you're fly. And you just keep pushing. And so, like, Marty McFly believes in that, and he doesn't give in to any bullies or anything throughout the entire experience. So then, like, the whole movie is about him going back in time. He teaches his dad to stand up to bullies. He stands up to bullies, even though he's, like, weaker and, you know, whatever. He just doesn't care. He just is like, this is what you're – you just can't let people, you know, they call him – what do they call him? Yellow in one of them. And he's like, Mm what would you call me? And he turns around (laughs) and starts having a gunfight in the third one. Because, you know, he just doesn't believe you should give in to a bully. And, you know, whether that's right or not, that's what the story is telling. And in Zelda, the story is telling, like, there's this kid. He's given this immense weight. And it says, he says, you got to go and be brave, right? And his bravery influences all the other characters. Many times Zelda goes through a huge amount of character development. Um, sometimes she does, sometimes she doesn't. Many times she does. In the stories, many times, you know, Groose goes through a huge character development if you play Skyward Sword. Um, you have Ocarina of Time has all sorts of little people that you meet throughout it that go through some character developments. Like the guy in the woods that disappears. Um, that, that's a, you know, a weird side story, right? Or you watch... Skull Kid. <laughs> yeah, oh, the Skull Kid is a whole nother, like, side story going on. Or you meet mm-hmm. Malin and she's got the side story being oppressed and you free her from this oppression. Or Ingo gets humbled. Or the uh, her dad, I can't remember his name right now. Ta- Talon? No. Ta- I thought that sounds right. Talon, Maybe that's her last name. bad guy. Like- Malin, Talon, and... Oh, oh yeah. yeah, no. Indigo. Or Inigo? Yeah, so... Like yeah, so Talon is... is a dude who has to keep like running away and coming back and running away and coming back from his problems. And so, or he's kind of lazy and all these things. And so you kind of see his character development of when he finally like has a moment where he's like, I'm coming back for good this time. Or, um, you know, you watch Malin turn into the ranch runner, you know, she, she, do you remember how awesome of a feeling it was, uh, whenever you found out that Sheik was Zelda? Yeah. Right. (laughs) And that is a plot twist. That was mind blowing. Yeah, and it's because she's even got different color eyes, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's a great plot twist because you're just like, where's Zelda? Like she's gone, and yeah. and it's so hard. It's like Darth Vader's Luke's father. Like I feel like mm-hmm. all the uh, young kids who replayed the game on the DS and stuff, 
you know, like you just can't go into it with the same, like it's culturally known now, but like, yeah, yeah, when you're just playing the game and this is like pre-internet, like the internet exists, but you know, you're not, you don't have the time to sit 25 minutes for a page to load all the time. So like, this is when I was in fourth grade, dude. Yeah. And I finally, or like fifth or sixth grade when I'm finally beating the game and yeah, and, and it happens. I'm just like, what? Right. (laughs) And that's a great plot reveal, but that reveal doesn't happen to link. It's not like plot twist it's been you the hero the whole time. It's like, no, there is no plot twist. You've been the hero the whole time. The plot twist is Zelda's also been the hero the whole time. Like she's been helping you the whole time. Do you, do you think that that um, game would be the same without the story? I do not think so. Yeah. 110,000% do not think so. Yeah. And that's a, that's what I think is, is the problem. Even though you can have a Zelda game with very light story, right? Like the original Zelda game is just like, find eight pieces, save the princess. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is like, Ocarina of Time is all about mood. And story, as a mechanic, has to deliver like mood. Like it's dark and brooding and there's so many implications of what's happening that's just never said to you. That just a show don't tell the whole way through. And you walk into these places, the the sound design is just absolutely mm-hmm. stellar. The 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 fact that the graphics were at the time mind numbingly amazing. Like I just remember sitting there watching Opponent kick up dust particles, and I'm like, "What is this? There's dust mm-hmm. on the ground." Like yeah. it, uh, it's so hard to people who who don't remember the 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 big change that was. But this is a game where the story is essential. Because it's it's like it puts you in the middle of this adventure, and if that's the game mechanic, right? It wants to give you an adventure, and I do not think, even though the story is just explaining the mechanics, it's got those limitations. I do not think Ocarina of Time would exist without the story, and I think that's really the only reason it still stands up to Breath of the Wild. Do you think that the Breath of the Wild has more or less story than? like the previous games like Ocarina of Time? It's a great question. I'd say, so funnily enough, hot take here, I think Ocarina of Time has more story. Now, that's not to say I don't think Breath of the Wild has a great story. Breath of the Wild has a fantastic story. I love the nonlinear style. Like when I found, when I found the first couple memories, I was like, why is everybody so pissed at Link? Like, like it was just so strange. Like I found um, the one I like ran to, to the first area where I dodged a bunch of guardian lasers to find the first memory. Cause I was like, I bet that's it. I bet that's where it is. And then I found that memory and they're all like, man, it's really, de- they're really depressed. And Zelda's just like, I'm, you know, really depressed. And I was like, what's <laughs> going on? And then like, I find another memory, uh, nearby where she's just like, do you hear the sword hero? And I was like, Whoa, what's going on? Like, what did link do? And then, like, I was just gripped. Like, I was like, I gotta know. And then I found, like, Rivali's. I had already, Mifa was nice to Link. So and then I found Rivali, and then he was like, can you even get up there? And he was, like, talking bad about Link. And I was like, what the heck? And then I found Zelda, like, in front of that thing. I found Zelda turn around and be like, stop following me. And I was like, why is everybody so pissed at Link? And... Then I learned a broader story about the internal struggles going on, and it was just so much fun to pick this thing apart and learn the story. Um, so I do yeah. really applaud that. Yeah, it's almost like they they gave it to you um, in pieces that could be rearranged in any order and put back together. You know, 
Yeah. Whereas, like, Ocarina of Time, there was kind of an order where you had to do things. Like, there was kind of, like, you know, you, like, had to go to each each dungeon, but it didn't really matter what order you went in. But you still had to do all that stuff. But with Breath of the Wild, you don't have to do anything. You can go beat Ganon up right at the beginning with a stick, you know? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, like, there, there's no, like... They kind of give you, like, uh, free reign on, so, like, make your own story instead of following the story that was set out for you. And I want to say that that is amazing. Like, so what I'm about to say about Ocarina of Time does not negate the fact that the systemic storytelling in Breath of the Wild is stupendous for all the reasons you just said. But there's something about the mood of Ocarina of Time, and it's not just that it's darker, like... Uh, you know, Majora's Mask is darker, but it's it's that like there's a sense of presence and world that is just so in Ocarina of Time that's just so ominous. Yeah, it's like the whole thing. It's like the very beginning. This fair. Yeah, is you coming can. To find I, I think you. I know exactly what you're talking about. Like it, just the fact. What really scared me when I was a kid was the uh, skeletons that popped up out of the ground at nighttime, right? And, and the wolf howling. I was like. Oh my gosh, that that gave me like s- such a sense of dread. Yeah, but it was kid. it was astounding. And, and and being able to see uh the uh what's the volcano called? Death um, Mountain. Death Mountain just in the background just kind of looming with like a the the circle of like dark clouds over it and just like there was th- that I think that can't, comes back into like the like the level design and the and the style you know because you're it's not telling you the story but it's giving you a feeling and giving you like uh like a sense of the universe that you're in um, without straight up telling you which I, I think is really really awesome and should be put in more games <laughs> yes yeah and I think that should be our next point is like level design storytelling but. But that's why Breath of the Wild fails at that. It doesn't fail at that. The reason why it doesn't hit it so strongly. Because like, I do not want anyone to think that I think Breath of the Wild did a bad job with story. With the nonlinear design and everything, like, it was fantastic. But the presence of Ocarina of Time is so strong uh, because of these, like, really, like, it drops you into these moments in a way that really anchors you into the world. While everything in Breath of the Wild has this kind of running campiness, like, hey, look, it's a Korok, or like, ha-ha, Ganon, I'm going to pop you in the face. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like uh, like heartfelt, or um, uh, try, like trying to give you that nostalgia feeling. Yeah, it's a little bit like serving it up on a golf tee kind of thing. Like it doesn't, Right, yeah. It doesn't... Maybe a little bit of fan service? <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of fan service for sure. And the music is great and the mood. I like to not say the mood's Dude, bad. The music. The dynamic music in that is awesome. It's absolutely essential to the storytelling too. Like I said, it did land. Yeah. I feel like it landed, it stuck a ten on the storytelling. But if you're gonna compare like a master to a master, Ocarina of Time, just something about I wish I could put my finger on it. Something about the mood of Ocarina of Time is just unmatched by any game i've played well do you think you're uh because you played it uh, so young and it was so impactful to you that um it's amplifying uh your opinions on it i do to a degree um because i used to play it like twice a year all the way through and then friends of mine would beat it in one night uh like twice a year and so like i played it so much but then i stopped playing it for like years 
and I came back to it and I played it again and after Breath of the Wild and I was like this game's gonna feel so bad after Breath of the Wild like I actually was really scared I was gonna hate my old the old love and then I just that's what hit me I was just like there's just some mood here man that like it's just unmatched like the mystical forest right in the beginning you're just like who are the Kokiri? And like, there's this looming dread in Ocarina of Time that's just like exciting and like pushes you forward. Wow, yeah, it makes you want to fix it. Like, like these people are, are are like sad for some reason. We need to bring some light to them. Yeah, but like you don't know why. Like we're we just like realize this right now. You know, like when we were a kid, we 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 didn't think about those things. We just did them because that's that's what they wanted us to do. <laughs> yeah yeah and and but but we we wanted to do it so much because that mood was just so fixed like right at the very yeah. beginning they're like everybody's just got such staunch opinions in ocarina of time they're like you can't go see the deku tree you're a piece of crap and you're just like i'm what and then you like find some stuff and like i guess you can see the deku tree and then you see the deku tree and it dies and you have this like moment where you like this one person who believes in you oh my gosh you're dead I, I totally forgot about the tree dying. That was the first thing. First thing that happens is they're like, hey, <laughs> yeah. the guy who sends you on this mission, the guy who can explain everything, the guy who's actually got some authority, the guy who thinks you're worth something, he's dead. Woof. Yeah. And that's the beginning of Ocarina of Time. And then, like, so Saria, and then, the, so there's other one other person, too. She thinks that you are um, worth something, right? She's right at your door. She's she, 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 like, loves you as a friend. And you feel like you have this presence because she's so nice to you. And then everybody else is so mean to you. And this, this is like, you see, it's not just like explicitly said, like everybody hates you. Like this just is happening. And you leave the forest and she's terrified and confused. And you don't like that. And she like gives you an ocarina and there's this moment like just stuck with me since I saw it as a child, but I think it would stick with me again as an adult is when you, when you get the ocarina and you don't say anything, you just like back away and then run away. Funny. Cause he can't say anything. Yeah, exactly. But it's like, <laughs> but, such a... but that, that it kind of like ties back into that, like restrictive creativity. Yes, exactly. They use this fact that like link has no voice to really tell a story in a very visceral, very showy manner. That's just, oh, it's so good. To tie it back to the original question, um, does story matter at all? I think the moral of the story is, <laughs> is the story has to follow the mechanic. I think Mario's story works, even though like it's a textbook, like oh, pff, all of them. Like just the fact that like Mario's always like... His canon. Yeah, his canon is just like, stupid ridiculous like it's a plumber and he went through some pipes now he's stepping on some things that look like mushrooms but they're not it doesn't really have a story does it, it i mean it, it like, almost like it 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 doesn't like he could be literally anything he could be a car mechanic and it wouldn't change the game exactly it would not uh, the pipes would be less explained but only just yeah, but <laughs> how do you explain the turtles and mushrooms walking about you know exactly. <laughs> like it's it's so it's so crazy that it like it, it doesn't necessarily need a story to it's literally just using those elements as like things to tie it together like it's creating its own universe but it's not creating its own story you know yeah well I, i'm gonna blow your mind here mario's story 
is nothing more than a springboard because Mario jumps. <laughs> and the story is bouncy. And so, like, Mario needs to have this feeling like you're just constantly bouncing around. Like, anything yeah. goes, whatever, you're going to fall into something, you're going to jump on something. And I think the story actually serves the mechanic that way. I think it's just a bouncy story. The music is bouncy. The story is bouncy. It's, it's got, you know, it's, it's there to serve the mechanic. Whenever I think of games that don't need a story, I think of Halo. But I also think of games with a great story, and I think of Halo. <laughs> I don't know, the mood and the world. Like, I don't feel like the multiplayer would be the same without the story. Yeah. Um, I might, I might disagree with you. Ooh. I don't know. If you, look at, uh, if you just look at Halo, the, mechan- the multiplayer mechanics, like, by itself. Right. Um. They they kind of separate the the they're kind of two different games, aren't they? Yeah. Because one of them, like you're 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 not you're just versing AI and you're like getting told this pretty story and like walking through in a linear fashion. Unless you're talking about Infinite, which we won't talk about that. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> um, but and then the other one, you're you're fighting your friends and you're in like a small area and it's you don't see these small areas in in the the main storyline um well i guess in some of them you do but not, not in a true sense not in the kind yeah of it's it's, like, it's, it's walled off like it's it's on it's honestly just like the mechanics <laughs> are different and it's a totally different game but it's in the same universe so yeah does, does, does halo story matter for the multiplayer because you could yeah have halo I don't know, but Halo, yeah. So as a, as like a first person storytelling thing, I was replaying Halo One the other day, and dude, like talk about mood and stuff. Like it's just so, it's it's it's. I started on Legendary, just because I wasn't very good at the game, but I wanted to feel like I was good at the game. So I was like, if I can make any progress on Legendary, I feel good at it. Yeah. And uh, I ended up reverting to Hero after a while because it was like it was rough alone playing Legendary. Just so I was like, no. Um, Heroes a lot more heroic is a lot more doable, but as I was playing it, the the story really hit me through mechanics because I you you have that everybody's like, hey, you have to save us is the story because you watch these marines come in and they just get eviscerated, and you yeah. every time every time you always and like that's the first story is like you have to go save the marines and they would all die in legendary and then the Cortana would go, we didn't save a single one, a hundred percent casualty rate. And again, it plays to that story of like in, in Halo, you're the savior, right? And so like you have to, if you're not doing this, it's just not going to happen. But they also the struggle of the story is it's hard. Like everybody's like, oh, the chief's here. It's going to be a piece of cake. And you're like, no, it's not, man. I'm going to struggle to get these things dead. But you, you don't say a word. You just go, yep, we're going to kill them all. And mm-hmm. you find a way to kill them all. And it's like this beautiful internal struggle of like, you have to be this hero, but you're not as strong as they think you are. Sir. Sir, right? It's a good, <laughs> it's a good dang story. But yeah, do, does that have anything to do with the multiplayer? Like one of the things that sells Halo the most? No. Yeah, because whenever I'm playing multiplayer Halo, I don't think of myself as Master Chief. I think of myself as like a Spartan, you know? Right. Unless I'm, you know, even if I'm playing as Master Chief, like this is just some 
some dummy that's going to respawn in five seconds, you know? <laughs> right. I was... um, so I don't like put myself in the shoes of Master Chief when I'm playing multiplayer, which I think uh, makes me like separate the campaign from the multiplayer more. My head headcanon from the multiplayer was always like training mode. Like you're doing a training sim. And so like you're yeah. going to feel like you die and stuff, but you're always going to come back and keep training. Yeah, definitely. So I don't know. Does yeah. does does the story matter in video games? It, it depends on the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah. guess it depends maybe on the game that you're that you are trying to uh that you're trying to make because if you originally if you have a, an idea for a game and the idea is story-based, then it should be story-based. Right. Like a like an interactive novel the main mechanic is the story, right? So it makes sense yeah, exactly. that the story comes first as the yeah. mechanic. But if there wasn't any story and it was just clicking through text and like that was the game, then like that's that's not really a game. Yeah, that's just <laughs> you know. So I guess there's a there's a balance. Like you have to have either like a really good like sandbox or a really good multiplayer, or you have to have a really good story. And I, I would like to add to that a little bit. I think you always need to be aware that human beings are telling themselves a story constantly. Like what we do is we kind of contextualize our lives as a story. Your own interpretation, yeah. Yeah, and and so I think it's important to note that like when someone comes to your game, they're going to tell themselves a story immediately. Probably one of the things about like pirate VR, whatever, space mm-hmm. pirate vr what's it called uh uh yeah space space pirate simulator is it, oh gosh is it space okay, pirate simulator yeah <laughs> uh, trainer space pirate trainer space pirate trainer yeah it tries to do that i feel like it tries to give you a sense of mood and a sense of purpose like you know you're trained to be a space pirate but like one of the things that i played the game that was fun it was a good little shooter like a target shooter game but like mm-hmm. I feel like I felt like it was just so contrived, and like it doesn't like it, the story doesn't. I never, I never got. It. I got the space. I didn't get the pirate. Exactly. Like when I think of space pirate, I think of like a floating like water ship. Yeah, <laughs> like a ship that belongs in the water, but like floating in the background, like almost or, like, or like treasure planet. Yeah, or or like uh, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, Bebop. exactly. Yeah. Um, yo, okay. Cowboy Bebop. Yes, thank you. That's what I was thinking. Of. You don't feel like a space pirate at all. You just feel like a dude shooting targets. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's still fun. Like until you you know break it apart and and tear it apart. Like it's it's still like a, a good game. Yeah, it's uh, a solid. And it doesn't shooter. need a story because they they didn't intend for there there to be a story in the first place. Right. It's just, you know, something to grab your attention and play their, their mini game, you know? But I think it, the fact that they felt like they had to name it space pirate trainer, I think points to the fact that you have to contextualize it somehow because it will, you know, mm-hmm. it will be contextualized. The player will contextualize it. They'll tell themselves right. some sort of story about it. And, and even, even just the smallest of ways. But you can really influence how they experience the game by giving them a context that's easy to like run with. There you go. The story is the thing that ties the mechanics together. Boom. 
even um, yeah even in even in small ways and that yeah i think the fact that that we can say that for random target shooters uh goes a long way thanks